Someone wrote a piece in an online newspaper bigging up the Big Brother Watch report on how COVID dissidents were spied on by UK state agencies, including the disinformation branch of the military known as 77th Brigade. The author of the piece wrote, But frustratingly, there's no single revelation scandalous enough to trigger an official inquiry. Could the reason for this frustration perhaps be that the report was designed that way? Big Brother's Watch Report, titled Ministry of Truth, The Secretive Government Units Spying on Your Speech, comes across to me like a textbook example of limited hangout. That is, snippets of Hitherto's secret information are drip-fed into the public consciousness, with the intention not to illuminate, but to limit, cover up, and to deceive. Like conspiracy theory, Limited hangout is a phrase popularised by the CIA. Suppose, say, the deep state have been up to no good and after months or years of being fobbed off with official denials, the public is about to discover the ugly truth. Well, what their propaganda units will do at that point is to permit a tactical leak of curated information, which appears to spill the beans. While the public is busy getting worked up about this watered-down version of the scandal, the more damaging stuff remains in the shadows. In this light, let's examine some of the headline claims made in this investigative report. So here's the first of its key findings. <clears throat> it says, Labour leader Sir Keir Starmer, Conservative MPs David Davis and Chris Green, high-profile academics from the University of Oxford and University College London, and journalists including Peter Hitchens and Julia Hartley Brewer, all had comments critical of the government analysed by anti-misinformation units. Well, that paragraph already is a massive red flag. What on earth is COVID authoritarian Keir, uh, Keir Starmer doing on a list of supposed dissidents? and why his vaccine enthusiast, Julia Hartley Brewer, the single most oft-cited victim in this report, given such prominence? And what is it with the word analysed, whose measured neutrality barely hints at the skullduggery now regularly practised at the expense of law-abiding British people by state agencies? Another key finding was... Target speech included public criticism of the government's pandemic response, particularly lockdown modelling and vaccine passports, as well as journalists' criticism of the withdrawal from Afghanistan and MPs' criticism of NATO. Note how the Afghanistan and the NATO issues are slipped in just to muddy the waters. Note also the distracting emphasis of lockdown modelling and vaccine passports. Important issues, certainly, but no, nearly, not nearly as important as the most aggressively censored form of dissidence, 
namely criticism of these alleged vaccines and their potentially lethal effects. And here's the third key finding. Soldiers from the Army's 77th Brigade, tasked with non-lethal psychological warfare, collected tweets from British citizens posting about COVID-19 and passed them to central governments, despite claiming operations were directly uh, directed strictly overseas. There has been much misplaced excitement about this revelation. For example, in the Mail on Sunday's double-page spread coverage, itself a red flag, it was the headline story, Army spied on lockdown critics, sceptics including our own Peter Hitchens, long suspected they were under surveillance. <clears throat> the 77th Brigade spied on lockdown sceptics, including YouTube medical podcaster Dr. John Campbell, who broadcast to his allegedly uh, 2.66 million subscribers that he had once put into the conspiracy theory bucket the notion that a unit of the army would be spying on its own citizens, but that now he realised that it was true. So it's good news, right? All those of us in tinfoil hats who've said from the start that the 77th Brigade have been infiltrating online chat groups posing under fake identities to promote the government's COVID agenda, trolling sceptics, smearing vaccine critics and so on, We've finally been vindicated. You hear this line quite a lot from people in the awake uh, circles. If you tell them that they've just fallen victim to a military-grade PSYOP, they get quite upset and defensive about it. I can understand this totally. When your side appears to have scored an unequivocal win, in this case, waking up the normies to the damage done, being done by the 77th Brigade and other malign state agencies, it's pretty annoying when some killjoy replies, nope, this was actually all just part of the, their plan. Unfortunately, though, that's exactly how limited hangouts work. The information being selectively leaked isn't wholly worthless. If it were, no one would buy the cover story. Rather, it is information that has reached its sell-by date. The people who are leaking it have taken a tactical decision. It was going to come out anyway. At least this way, by releasing it on their terms, they can maintain a degree of control over the narrative. It's not what they are revealing, but what they are not revealing. That's the problem here. Suppose you were coming at this story for the first time. What would you learn from it? Well, You'd hear about an army unit which, at the government's behest, on spying on British citizens. Whoa, this sounds serious, you might think. But then you read on, and your anxiety would quickly diminish because the charges laid against 77th and various other named state agencies, such as the Counter Disinformation Unit and the Rapid Response Unit, seem so innocuous. One of the report's prize exhibits is a short essay from an anonymous army whistleblower who was attached to the 77th Brigade and now claims to be ashamed at his involvement. But it reads less like a confession than a carefully worded damage limitation exercise. These, sam uh, these samples may give a taste. He says, 
we were sent on basic training, including the use of anonymized laptops and many legal briefs to ensure we knew how to remain legal. They had been told what was legally allowed, such as a scrape, whereby we searched online platforms for keywords and what was illegal, such as repeatedly looking at named UK individuals' accounts without authorization. Although some people would do that from their accounts after their shifts. So that was the whistleblower. So note here the stress on the unit's allegedly strenuous attempts to keep everything above board and legal. Note too how any breaches of this are attributed to a few rogue operators who, for some unexplained reason, like to carry on working after hours on their own time and on their own equipment. This damage limitation tactic is also evident in the section on the counter disinformation unit, which, so we're asked to believe, tied itself in nuts worrying about freedom of speech issues when debating whether to report some tweets by Toby Young. Extracts from internal emails show CDU staff debated whether to flag several of his tweets to Twitter as a potential breach of its terms. In considering what action to take, staff note that reporting the journalist would require further analysis of freedom of speech implications. The report is at pains to tell us that there is no evidence that any of Toby's tweets were flagged. Perhaps you're beginning to see how the technique works in the guise of telling us how terrible these various agencies are. What the report actually tells us is how innocuous they are. They were, we were, we are repeatedly told, scrupulous about observing legal niceties. When did they step over the mark? It was down to individual overzealousness or incompetence rather than malign intent. As for this widely reported charge that they spied on British subjects, well, we're hardly taking wiretaps here, are we? <laughs> All being told by men in black. Nope, about the worst these spy agencies did, so the report claims, is that they monitored a few people's social media posts. The same thing you might note that every regular user of Twitter does every single day. In other words, this supposed investigative report might better have been titled Big fat nothing burger, because that is the extent of its shocking revelations. If you still believe otherwise and want to make your impassioned case that no, it's good. Thanks to this report, loads more people are now awake to what is actually going on. Then I'd just like to remind you of a couple of things. First, the report adds to what Laura Dodsworth already told us in her May 2021 bestseller, State of Fear, the fact that newspapers like the Mail on Sunday are reporting with breathless excitement now what has been in the public domain for over 18 months is not then a sign of some glorious new information breakthrough. Rather, it is a sign that the establishment is finally ready for the next stage of its controlled information release. Second, think for a moment of what this nothing burger report is not telling us. As everyone in dissident circles has long been aware, 
the activities of the 77th Brigade and related state agencies are considerably more aggressive and objectionable than anything revealed in the report. Consider Dr. Mike Eden, ex-CEO of Pfizer turned vaccine whistleblower. His Twitter account was hijacked. He was discredited with a tirade of foul-mouthed anti-Islamic tweets and more or less driven off social media. The simple fact is that the British government, like governments across the world, have been waging war on its citizenry. It has bullied, cajoled and tricked them into taking vaccines they did not need. It has lied to them about the nature of the threat posed by the pandemic, about vaccine safety, about vaccine deaths and injuries, and it has enforced its mendacious narrative by buying the silence of the mainstream media and using taxpayers' money to do it, and by smearing, marginalising and censoring sceptics. A key part of this ugly, utterly immoral, thoroughly anti-democratic black ops campaign are all those agencies now effectively whitewashed in this limited hangout report. Before I read their report that was published last Sunday, in fact, I'm not going to read it. You can go online and read it yourself. I was a bit sceptic about the report to start with. An organisation which I knew very little about, the 77th Brigade, but since then I have heard much that troubles me about their funding sources, about the people involved and so on. But to me, all the evidence you need that this report cannot be trusted is contained in the report itself. It reveals nothing of real value, at least nothing that was, wasn't going to come out soon anyway. It sullies the vaguely useful information by interspersing it with irrelevancies. It plays down the seriousness of the threat posed by the organisations involved by making them sound at once scrupulous and amateurish. And to me, the whole thing stinks. If you really want to understand what's really going on in the world, forget everything you've learned at school. And instead, dig out some old recordings, and you can still find them on YouTube, surprisingly, of Bill Cooper and Alan Watts. Both men are dead now, most probably as a direct consequence of what they had to say, which, in a nutshell, was this. The world is an illusion, and though we think we are free, we are actually trapped in an artificial reality, devised, funded, and maintained by a ruthless, predatory elite of unimaginable wealth and unparalleled evil who view us as no better than cattle who take perverse pleasure in tormenting us and whose goal is to destroy most of us so that the earth can once again enjoy its ideal population balance of 500 million people which basically means more than seven billion of us seven billion of us are surplus to requirements then Now, most people, they don't want to accept this because it sounds like one of those crazy conspiracy theories that they've been programmed to reject. But the world becomes so much more comprehensible when you do. Suddenly, you're equipped to answer big questions like, what's the real story behind COVID? And little questions like, why did they turn my road into a 20 mile an hour zone with loads of speed bumps and speed cameras when no one asked for it? 
or medium-sized ones like why do footballers earn stupid amounts of money? The answers will always comprise variations on the same theme because they hate you and want to make your life more constrained, more difficult and certainly more expensive. Because they, not the elected politicians in their pockets, are the ones that really set the agenda because they want to beguile and distract you with bread and circuses because they are psychopaths who, who first want to humiliate humiliate you and weaken you, then either enslave you or wipe you from the face of the earth. But who are they? In my experience, it's pretty pointless trying to identify them because you wouldn't have heard of most of them anyway. The obvious buddies like Bill Gates and Klaus Schwab are merely the public face of the shadowy figures of the inner circle. But they are... <clears throat> Well, these nameless supervillains, in other words, are merely the latest manifest manifestations of an evil as old as the creation of the world itself. It is both their greatest strength, but it's also their greatest weakness. It's their greatest strength because so many of their underlings find evil so appealing. In the Christian tradition, the world is the realm of Satan. The testing ground in which we all get the choice, the free will, between the way of Jesus or the way of the devil. So I'm just drinking a bit of coffee here. And the devil, besides having all the best tunes, he's also got all the best drugs, all the best sex and the shiniest toys and the biggest job promotions. Because if he didn't have this battery of temptations at his disposal, he wouldn't be nearly so enticing, would he? It's also their greatest weakness because evil only has power if you give it permission. For a more detailed explanation of why this is so, you'd better be better off asking a theologian. I know though that this is the case because our culture is full of clues. The notion, for example, that a vampire can only cross your threshold if you've invited him in, or that the tradition that the devil can only take your soul if you form a contract or a pact with him. It's also something that has been confirmed by whistleblowing former insiders who, at great personal risk, have revealed some of the predator's class's secrets. <clears throat> Among these secrets is that depraved, cruel, slippery, sad uh, sadistic and vile though these people are, they nevertheless adhere to a code of conduct. This isn't because deep down they are actually quite nice and want you to behave uh, and want to behave honourably. Rather, it's because they are bound by traditions of their dark religion, Satanism, high-level Freemasonry, Illuminism, which is at least as preoccupied with dates and rituals and correct form as its arch enemy, Christianity. There are lots of people I know who feel uncomfortable with the idea that what is going on in the world right now represents the final battle in a titanic struggle between good and evil. It's your choice. But even though you may not want to believe in the devil, the people who run the world, they certainly do. So if you want a chance to, of beating these people, 
your enemy. You put yourself at a disadvantage if you don't understand how they operate. One of the rules that the bad guys follow, implausible though it may seem, is that they, before they do something truly wicked, they are honor bound to warn you first. Again, this isn't because they are nice and want to help you. It's because karmically they feel absolved of responsibility for the hideous things they have done. After all, they warned you and you didn't listen. So you deserve everything that comes to you because either you were too stupid or <laughs> you just didn't read the signs or you was just too stubborn to respond. An example of this is the entertainment industry whose main function is to corrupt us and brainwash us in the guise of amusing us. But it also serves the purpose of slipping clues as to the fate that awaits us, be it in movies like The Hunger Games, or in pop videos from Madonna or Lady Gaga, or in the form of special events like the opening ceremony for the 2012 London Olympics replete with hints about the forthcoming biosecurity states, the abuse of children and the coronavirus pandemic. There's no point trying to rationalize the behavior or the thinking of the predator class because they are not like us and you will only end up tying yourself in nuts or a false logic or worse, as many people do, you'll say to yourself, this conspiracy you describe can't be real because no one would ever be that evil far better just to accept the fact they are evil they are that evil and part of the statistic kick that they get is when well-meaning idiots try to persuade themselves otherwise because they've decided that denying the unpalatable truth is the rational position Now, the more excuses you make for them, the more it empowers them. Essentially, you are doing their work for them. Indeed, they couldn't do any of the terrible things they do without the active participation of their victims. We are many, and they are very few. All it would take to defeat them would be for sufficient numbers of us to wake up and call their bluff. We're mad as hell and we're not going to take it anymore. But we're a long, long way off reaching any kind of that uh, critical mass there, I think. This is why people who've gone down, <clears throat> you know, gone down that rabbit hole sometimes get so angry and frustrated. You can hear it in Bill Cooper's interviews. He's risking his life to tell the world what he knows to warn everyone before it's too late. But all most people care about are the football scores, the Oscar winners and the latest fads. <clears throat> Almost more damaging than the completely asleep majority are the ones who are half awake but don't want to go all the way for fear of straying too far beyond the bounds of social acceptability. Since I used more or less to be one of these people myself, I suppose I, mu I, I mustn't be too uncharitable. 
but it is bloody annoying to say the least when you've posted something on social media about thousands of cattle dying suddenly in Kansas and someone chips in to explain it away on the grounds that it was probably just heat stroke and there's nothing to see here. Or you're asking about all the strange white cross uh, crisscross patterns in the sky and people sagely assure you that they are contrails, not chemtrails, because chemtrails are a conspiracy theory. And to prove it, here's a picture they found on the internet of some World War II bomber trailing vapour. Look, I don't know enough about the Kansas mass, uh, Kansas mass cattle deaths, nor about chemtrails, to be honestly uh, absolutely sure what the deal is there. But I'm sufficiently aware of the context the ongoing sabotage of the global food production system, the long war of attrition waged against human health by the food industry and the pharmaceutical industry. To know that you've, you'd have to be a complete idiot to try to explain away these events as normal or to attribute good faith to those responsible unless you were absolutely 100% sure that what is happening really is innocuous as your wishful thinking desires it to be. Sure, it's important to approach every claim with due scepticism and critical thinking. It's the widespread absence of both of these that has got us into this mess we're in in the first place. But the danger is that we are enabling our dark overlords, as a way of putting it, or just call them the elites, to get away with murder by making their excuses for them. A classic example of this is the climate change disaster. It's whole industry, <clears throat> it's a lie and it's a complete scam. There is quite literally zero credible evidence that the planet is catastrophically warming due to industrial CO2 emissions. Sustainability is just a fancy word for another power grab by the elites, designed to enrich the very few, impoverish the many, by replacing cheap, abundant energy with inefficient, intermittent, unaffordable, expensive renewables. Net zero is an assault on property rights. They have now uh, arrogated the right to decide what kind of boilers we are allowed to use to heat our, uh, our water, what cars we are mostly and most not allowed to drive, and freedoms such as our ability to fly to nice places on holiday. Any halfway sentient person who has looked into environmentalism, as I did in my research that I've done online, uh, I've also done a few podcasts on the issue, knows that the whole edifice of lies depends on dodgy computer models bought and paid for for experts corrupt institutions and relentless pro uh, propaganda, propagandizing of a mendacious media, to say the least. Yet still, the vast majority of the supposedly brightest and best brains of our generation have more or less accepted that there is a problem. Though they might quib quibble about one or two of the details, pretty much everyone in the world who shapes the official narrative CEOs, politicians, journalists, opinion formers generally has accepted the fallacious propositions that climate change is real, that the environment is 
is a burning issue that sustainability in some form or another is the answer. All they disagree upon is the question of degree, which means that everyone has now accepted the big lie as a given. And by doing so, they have refined uh, it, refined it, they've burnished it, they're endorsing it. This includes all the clever people whose expertise or prestige we have been assured makes them trustworthy. We have contracted out our thinking to these experts and they have betrayed us because they are as much under the spell as anyone else. The rulers of the darkness of this world despise us. They believe we are inferior creatures who deserve everything we have coming to us because we are so lumpen and gullible and malleable. And is, and, and is it any wonder they think this way every time they lie to us? We not only fall for it, but actually embed it by making their excuses for them. Our enemy does not need to destroy us because we're doing the job perfectly well all by ourselves. Thank you everyone for listening. So until next time, toodaloo.